we are wasting really good conversation. <laughs> okay, okay. Unless uh, this is just the start. Is this one of the ones that's like the cold open? Is this one of the cold open episodes? It depends. Are we recording? I'm I'm recording. I'm recording. I'm recording. Well, then this could be the cold open. Go, go cold ahead open. and go ahead. Live and say from your- New York. It's. I'm Adam. Are we not doing it? Now you say your name. Now now you say your name. My name is Achiro Lamb. I'm from Boston. That was a really and good I'm intro. I'm Jim Stormdancer, and this is Topic Lords. <laughs> wait, the wait, only- hold on. I'm Adam DeGrandis. I didn't say my last name. I'm from Maine. Okay, Jim, now you go. Yeah, yeah. How many churros are there in games? And this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Adam, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? I think I pretty much just did that. But uh, something to plug. I wasn't ready for that one, even though I knew it was coming. Um, Dirty gin martinis. I made one earlier. It was good. Uh, You do uh, two gin, one vermouth, a really healthy dose of uh, olive juice. You don't even have to toss the olives in there. You can just do the juice. Is the the juice, is that like a brine? Is that what makes it dirty? It's a brine. It makes it briny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's a weird drink. I don't know if it's for everybody. Have you tried ocean water? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I live uh, five minutes from the ocean. I tons of ocean water. But have you tried it? Is the operative question? Yeah, I all the time, every summer. I mean, it's, it's really good in your gin, and <laughs> like because I think you could get rid of the gin. Oh, as a mixer? Yeah, I don't. Sure, <laughs> I could. It's, it, honestly, that's that's gimmicky enough. I could suggest it to a bougie Portland restaurant and someone would go for you it. Could. I love that's the gym. I, I love that's where your brain went immediately. Yeah. Yeah. On, on the briny. I should warn you that everything that has ever pooped, that poop is still in the ocean. Yeah. Okay. But like, yeah. we are all star dust poop anyway. <laughs> that's so true. It's, it's a difference. <laughs> that is an excellent point. We are of poop and to poop sh- we shall return. Yeah. And Ichiro, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? Oh, sure. So I'm Ichiro. Uh, I'm a, a Boston area indie dev. I do, uh, you know, I run Dejaban Games. We're, we're we're working on stuff that we're actually going to talk about, I think, during the, the call. So I, I what I want to plug is fat washed bourbon. You brown some butter, and then you shake it up with some bourbon, and then you freeze it for two hours, and then you strain it, and then I can't think of. Like, what is the equivalent of seawater for that? I mean, Boston, Molasses Flood, sure. Boston Harbor. Boston River. Yeah, you know, which you you would just die yeah. if you drink, you know. So that's okay. We all die. That is true. That is an excellent point. And are we ready to start on some topics? I would Let's love some topics, yeah. Adam, your topic is, I learned how to animate by watching cartoons as a child. And I'm curious what else folks absorbed as a child that impacted the kind of adult they became. Yeah, so... As a kid, I watched, I was born in 1982, just to give everybody some, uh, I don't know, year context. And I I watched a bunch of like classic Looney Tunes and classic Disney, really like stretchy, elastic animation, animation where uh, I have the vocabulary now, the 12 principles of animation are like really on display uh, the cartoons in the 80s that were produced in the 80s, you know, your your real Ghostbusters and your, I don't know, Transformers and whatever else, uh, you know, those were, you know, not really utilizing the 12 principles in the same way because <clears throat> it was, you know, really about speedy production more than uh, exquisite animation. Um, but, you know, just watching those, I didn't I didn't realize it at the time, but I was I was really soaking it in and just internalizing how those characters moved. And when I um, went to start animating myself uh, in my early 20s, um, I just basically was like, oh, well, this is what you do. I didn't have any of the language yet. I'm self-taught as an animator, um, but I was able to just start animating. It's one of the only skills I possess that wasn't a struggle to you know, teach myself. Um, it was just something that sort of came naturally. And I can only credit you know, watching a bunch of like Chuck Jones cartoons as a kid. That's interesting. Uh, I never would have thought watching cartoons as a kid was going to affect my life the way it did. But, you know, how about how about you both? Is there anything like that? Like, oh, wow, I was just I did this as like a seven year old, but turns out it made a difference as a well, you want to talk cartoons. I learned everything I needed to know about love from Robotech. <laughs> and I'm like, in your first uh-huh. relationship, you were like, this is so easy. Oh, dear Lord. It was 
well, that was that's another that's another thing. But like as as, as a teenager, you know, as a, as a kid, I I watched Robotech and the, there was a you know born seventy four, so I'm I'm older than than Adam. I'm gonna die sooner, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's like three Robotech in the U S. was three anime series that were sort of stapled together, and the third one had this romance that was just so troubled and like this guy lost his fiance and this alien came and he fell in love with her and there was just all this and so i thought that that's like oh that was so hopefully so hopelessly romantic and wonderful and as a like a late teenager i thought that's what that's what a, a good romance was supposed to be and it wasn't uh until later that i learned that no that's that's horrible you just you don't want that so don't don't lose your fiance and marry an alien. What was the if it's any if it's any of uh ours and the listeners' business? It is. What was the <laughs> it is good. I that's that is good podcast. You're submitting to the to the pod. That is really good. What was the thing or, or was there like a single thing that was like, oh, that's not I should interrogate that. That's not how relationships are supposed to be. Well, you uh, either of you ever play like um, muds multiplayer? Yeah, sure. Online, a little bit, you know, right? And so I I played a commercial mud that was holy, you know, uh, six bucks an hour. I didn't pay six bucks an hour, or if you wanted flat rate, all you can uh, you do a thousand dollars. I didn't play that, pay that either. I just knew the guy who ran it, <laughs> and. I played a character who was a robot and he, you know, there was another person or, you know, there were other people. And then like the, I played him, you know, I online married this other person and we sort of played out that role or that pair of roles. And it was just really perfect for 17 year old me. Uh, and then when I sort of grew up, I realized that isn't it just nice to have somebody in your corner being a friend rather than a, like an on again, off again, kind of, you know, painful. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I just got, I, I grew up and got tired of, of being hurt and sure. annoyed. Yeah. I, I can definitely vouch for the idea that like, it's way better to live with your best friend than to live with like a lover who is not your best friend. Yeah. Yep. Even if the best friend isn't your lover. Yeah. Like I, I think Which she is. I got, I got lucky. Well, great. Me and I'm, I'm in the same boat. I feel very uh, blessed as well. For the record, me too, Adam. <laughs> if your if your wife, if your wife listens to this, you better speak up. Yeah, yeah I, I know. know. I was I conspicuous know. silence there. No, it's true. Yeah, yeah, same, same for me. Right, but it, 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 it sounds more like what you were dealing with in, in the mud situation was more like a role playing kind of a thing where you were both telling a story. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's right? The I've never met the woman who was on the other end of that. I mean, I corresponded with her via Dead Tree Letters a few times. Mm -hmm. uh, and she didn't just play one character, but she played two characters that... Uh, I, and this was great because there was a love triangle going on between the th those three characters that we were role-playing. And they didn't know about each other until... <laughs> I had to come clean that I was cheating on the first one with the second one. And it was, I mean, it was, it was so well done. I mean, she was a good role player. The whole game kind of lent itself, you know, it was set up to be in character, right? Everybody was in a character and it was considered gauche to, to be out of character. Uh, so all the, you know, the, the, the other player and I and the, you know, surrounding people who knew us and role played with us were very much in, into being these people. And we, you know, it, 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 it ran its course like a story. And I had never, I've never, I've never played anything quite like that since. Maybe, you know, The Sims Online was a little tiny bit like that, but the drama was real. Yeah. Yeah. The things that happen like that, I, I don't think, I can't think of a game that deliberately facilitates that sort of role playing. Maybe something like, uh, what was the... The Jason Rohrer joint was like sleep is death or something mm -hmm. like that is 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 for that sort of thing. And it usually happens in the margins. Like I, I remember, you know, so I, I say I've played MUDs a little bit, but I played World of Warcraft for a long, for like a couple of years, a lot. And I, it's, it's basically a MUD. Like those games are extremely derived from the the gameplay um, that was that was invented on and for MUDs. Absolutely. I never actually, I never, I never role played a marriage or anything like that or a relationship in those games, but I saw it happen and it's, it's interesting. 
it, it at the time it felt like the future. At the time it felt like this is the uh the cool part of the metaverse, you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. because I was still at the time conflating the idea of like being in a virtual world with like being online. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean it's it is kind of like that. And I wonder I feel like we've lost that because that kind of thing doesn't scale well in that you uh, this is you know hypothesis I think you need to always as the as the owner or manager of a world need to be putting your thumb on a scale and demonstrating behavior and sort of like modeling sure. what this needs to be and the creators of these mods not all of them because they had you know they ran them different ways but were like very much stay in character we are in character we expect you to be in character and how how does that scale i mean yeah. maybe with with an ai i don't know well world of warcraft did it by having role playing servers and even then like mm-hmm. they didn't oh, interesting like there so servers that were explicitly for like the the people who wanted to to lean into that aspect of it when you were talking about like modeling how to act i was just like this is also what parents do like mm-hmm. people learn how to what a relationship looks like from what their parent how what their parents are like yeah and also from like cartoons yeah what movies they watch <laughs> which uh-huh. is you know unfortunate because like I, th- I think a lot of people who make media for children like don't really take it seriously because it's just for kids oh that's interesting that you say that i sort of disagree i i think the stuff that gets i think there's a lot of stuff that gets made now let me actually walk back my disagreement a little bit there is a lot of garbage <laughs> well and also i'm i'm thinking of like shit from the 80s Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay, for yeah, uh, you can write all of that stuff off. I totally agree. Stuff now, it's actually it's funny you mentioned that. Like getting back to uh, the whole animation thing, there's a lot of television now made for kids that is like legitimately like really good animation, and there's a, a bunch of reasons for that. I think that like um, tools have made it a lot easier to make like fundamentally strong animation. I think there are people who were raised with bad 70s and 80s cartoons now making decisions and like no let's you know treat these kids with respect and try to nourish them a little bit while still entertaining and all the a bunch of bunch of reasons um but i mean i don't know we all have kids about the same age maybe we need to get to the next topic but i am curious like if there's anything that you put on for your kids I, whether it's uh, a show or an app or a movie or whatever that you're like, wow, this is actually really, really good. Well, I mean, have you been watching Sarah and Doc? Oh my god, uh, so good. I don't know that one. Oh, put it on. It's okay, really good. You, Sarah and Doc. Jim would especially appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It is this surrealist kind of like British. I don't. I, I would describe it's. It's a little girl. I mean, she's around ten and she has a duck and we're not sure, quite sure if she lives alone. We're not. The, yeah, Rod, right. Roger. Alum is the narrator, and he he does like British, like you know, he's a well-known British actor, and it, he's it possibly the disembodied father voice, or just a narrator, mm. or it doesn't. And they end up inside of machines, and dude, I I like it is it's it's incredible. I think it's the the most interesting kids show I've ever seen. Are you are you, uh have you seen uh, Pokeyo? What is that? Oh, that's on. It's on Netflix. It's not the same as Sarah and Duck, but it is similar in uh, some ways. And if you want the like, hey, this is just sort of like weird and entertaining. And as far as just raw animation goes, it's really, it's a real. I show it to my students. I, uh, I think since the last time I was on the podcast, I'm now um, a full time professor at main college of art and design i show it to my animation students because the animation is so crisp and punchy and energetic and it's really really limited uh it's it's really good it's really really good okay, everybody it. everybody put it on one episode all listeners put okay, it on you'll be like oh this is a funny animation good yeah winston doesn't really have the patience for anything that has a story <laughs> like i he at one point he was he sat through like half of cars and I was like, oh, you're really enjoying this, aren't you, buddy? And he was like, and suddenly they like broke the spell and he was like, no. And he ran <laughs> off to do something else. <laughs> um, last night he asked to watch Ghostbusters because he's obsessed with the idea of busting ghosts. Um, <laughs> that makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very important 
um, time in a boy's life, busking ghosts. <laughs> and he, and he was enthralled with, with and which is super weird because this is like a movie that's ninety percent like a movie about running a small business. <laughs> you know, like the ghosts are like wait, well, the, like the the original movie. That's the that's yes. the one that yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah. Um, the the ghosts are like on screen like ten percent of the time or something sure. like that. But he was he like it was it was bedtime and he was upset that he had to stop watching. Wow. Uh, does he do does he do spooky not to cut you off Jim I'm curious. Does he do spooky stuff well? I think of like putting that on for my daughter and it would just yeah, be Yeah. He loves anything Halloweeny. Oh wow, good for him. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he thinks of it as scary. He just thinks of it as being like Halloween. <laughs> That's awesome. I guess we should move on to Yeah, we should. Uh, Ichiro, your topic is I created a totally human rapper that can read up on a game and cut a rap video. Return of the Oberdin. Journey of peril to begin. History and dread, what lies ahead? The ship of secrets, a tale to be read. Insurance adventure with minimal color. Can't run the boo and met what could be in store. The crew is gone, the ship adrift. Inspector sent to assess the gift. Long blocking clock, what did they find? Ray, watch the death, the journey of the mind. Meticulous construction, a unique tragedy. Paper, please, real masterpiece to see. Yes, yeah, so yes, and I did one of uh, Frog Fractions here and Oberdin, and then totally, uh, sorry, Retirement's New Beach Volleyball League. I, I pasted it into the chat here. Totally Human Rapper. I have this obsession with, and I've never said this publicly, but I want to create a media empire comprise. I mean, like everybody does, comprising entirely AIs, but I actually want them to do something interesting and useful rather than just sort of floods. Um, uh, stack overflow with with crap yeah so <laughs> i don't know if this is useful but i like the idea of being able to take games i you know this is you know some of my work before i i, I moonlight at valve uh and at valve is like how can i highlight games that you know maybe maybe people more people need to know about and so in this particular uh thing i take like you know it's a python script that goes out and just slurps up stuff uh, about a game on on Steam, and then it spits it out to GPT three, Text DaVinci 003, if you know that stuff. Asks it to do a wrap, sort of formalizes that uh, in a script, and then gets chop chops that up. Gets it to you know text to speech using you know can use Amazon Polly if you want it to sound like a like a like a voice operator for option three, please wrap here or. <laughs> Uh, 11 Labs or Uber Doc, if you want it to sound like a, a real rapper. And then it grabs a trailer, cuts that up, backs it to music, and then spits it all together and creates a rap. So hypothetically, within 30 seconds, you know uh, what a game is all about and are now also entertained. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched this video and I was, in fact, entertained. Uh, uh, sure, sure. This, is, this really is like the Venn diagram of... Uh, like obviously we don't know each other that well but this is like the center of the venn diagram of like what i know about you as <laughs> as a creator like oh yeah sure uh goofy uh entertaining uh technologically savvy uh you miss the savviness maybe by just how goofy it is uh it really it really is like oh yeah this there's maybe only two or three people I know that would do something like this, but really, uh, when I think about it, you are the one person who would do this. So it it I didn't know about any of this before today's conversation, and it's like, oh yeah, this is this is like Chiro pay dirt right here. Like this is the good, this is the stuff that I want from him. Uh, well, it's the stuff that I can give you, and I like there's <laughs> I have a Twitch stream running from the little tiny uh, Windows appliance next to me that does the same thing except or a similar thing except it it runs a Twitch stream that sort of talks about games in a more factual manner and it like it reads through the reviews and the this you know it's like here's here's the game here's what's good about it here's what's bad about it here's what players are saying about it and it's like I don't know if Tank Girl were to to be a, a you know a streamer and I it wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't catchy enough. And I'll. I'll mm -hmm. I'm still doing it. But I think like adding in. Oh, wouldn't it be neat to to sort of like do a catchy game? Uh, you know, like a video about everything that you're working on. Mm -hmm. Or wouldn't it be neat to just make a bunch of shit posts in the form of tw ongoing Twitch streams that 
inevitably get banned when they finally circle around to to ban topics. I feel like you're 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 hinting at something here. Oh, it, it was it was um the endless Seinfeld Twitch channel. Oh, right. Which, as far as I could tell, it was a very similar thing to what you talked about, where there was a language model that would generate a Seinfeld script, and then that would get text to speech, and then inter- though that would be then composited in with like a program that would um, animate characters walking around and saying these lines. And I believe when it got taken down, and for all I know, it's back right now, uh, was when the Seinfeld characters started doing like a homo, like a like a transphobic stand-up routine or something like that. Yeah, I think it pulled a Microsoft Tay, right? I right. I had no idea about the any of the it getting taken down. Okay. So this is now a news podcast. Yeah, a news <laughs> this the show which comes out in like 6, six <laughs> weeks right. is going to be news. It's going to be news to somebody. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, not everybody, you know, not every like I think 2023 is probably going to be the year of like the deluge of AI generated crap and I I think some of it will Yeah. Well, yeah, crypto's over, so now yeah. investors need something new to grift people about. Oh, I I'm not even thinking grifting. I'm thinking a bunch of tech nerds like like all of us really being, "Hey, what cool shit can we create?" Oh, because absolutely. Like while while Google is subsidizing these uh the AI costs like they're 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 donating their server time and it's not cheap for them. Sure, I mean, well, I mean, you're talking about OpenAI and they're spending like what a million dollars a day to to be able to power ChatGPT, wow. right? For example, going back to the when I was uh, when I was a kid watching these Robotech cartoons, I dreamt of having a pocket supercomputer. And honestly, it wasn't that long before the pocket supercomputer came out. So, like, it's probably not going to be that long between where we are now and, oh, isn't it adorable that that OpenAI used to spend a million dollars on this with their server farms when you could just do this on your postage stamp in your pocket? Mm-hmm. Well, you think so? Because, like, Turing's, like, what well, well, it was not Turing, the, the Moore's Law hasn't really been in effect for, like, 20 years I think that we're already seeing, and so you're right, it's, you know, it's been slowing. However, uh, first of all, the, I, I don't know how much, how, how techy we want to get in the you know, podcast, but like, I think there's a lot of stuff in GPT-3 that you don't need in order to wrap. So like, you know, it's a, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, chat GPT is a very general purpose thing. That's you know, true. Like, yeah, write, yeah. Me, write me my college essay. Uh, so you can already sort of cut it down. And then there's just like, so I mean, that's an efficiency thing by virtue of pruning a bunch of neurons out. And then like, we're already seeing people putting kind of like, not quite as capable models onto consumer level hardware. So I, I think I mean, like costs, have been coming down. That's what allowed this to happen in the first place. And I, I don't know what the timeline is. It's not going to, I'm not going to see this on my desktop this year, but I think, yes, they're going to absolutely come to the desktop. Yeah. Yeah. And to some extent they already are. You can, you can run language models on the desktop, right? Like they're just not, they're just not GPT-3. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can train GPT-2 on an old laptop. It's kind of brain dead, but hey, (laughs) progress. Still think about like, I don't know. Think about like ten years ago, fifteen years ago. When did you? When did you? Achira, uh, when did you start making games? What year? Uh, as a hobbyist, probably nineteen eighty four is my first commercial thing. Nineteen eighty eight, when I was like, "Hey, let me make a bulletin board systems doors game about you know traveling the space and selling it for ten bucks a pop." I had nice. no idea it was that long ago. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm getting old. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, Later in this semester, I'm teaching a history and a history of uh, game development uh, course, and it's uh, got to talk to you about being a speaker. Anyway, you know, 15, 20 years ago, like uh, just like graphics technology, take like, oh, wow, normal maps and spec maps and like, oh, this looks wow, this stuff looks real or right, stuff at least looked in real time the way that like loading screens did for the 20 years, you know, before that. And, you know, now the fact that you can have sort of like a brain dead you know, text AI on a laptop is like, that's, that is actually like, you know, if I zoom out of myself and just look at it, uh, you know, with, I don't know, ghost eyes or whatever, it's like, that's, I mean, that is, that is pretty futury. That's pretty cool. It's insane. I mean, like, yeah. I try to think about 
you know, like I was talking to my wife about various tech advances, the airplane, right? Yeah, I sure. mean, that's like, <laughs> that was what, 1913 or like, I don't have Wikipedia or I don't, you know, or a memory at this point. But like the whole large language model thing started, I mean, I arguably started with a paper that Google published in 2017. And there's stuff with mid-journey where like, you know, last year at this time, I was using Disco Diffusion to to putz around with image generation. And a year ago is ancient history for yeah, things sure. like mid-journey stable diffusion. It's nuts. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, you know, there's obviously a lot of, I don't know, ethical considerations and, and you know, people are going to be put out of work. Friends of mine are going to be put out of work. And, you know, there's it's it is going to be super disruptive, but I can't help but feel like it's also like, holy wow, this is like this is uh, potentially like printing press level history happening in front of me, like how I well, never would every have thought, two months. Yeah. You know that I was going to witness something like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Next topic, Jim. Let's do oh, it. Oh, OK. Oh, my, hey, OK. Uh, my topic <laughs> is Frog Fractions is banned from AGDQ. I, you, yeah, I'm interested. This was brought to my attention by a, a user on Mastodon uh, who linked me to GDQ's official list of like games we will not run for various reasons. Uh, and there's like there, all the Harry Potter games are on there, for example. Sure. But then there's and then there's like like pornographic games are on there, even though like even though that stuff is already banned on Twitch. So like b- banning it on AGDQ is like redundant. Uh-huh. But Frog Fractions is banned, and I, I was wondering about this. I figured it was because of the bug porn. People were guessing it was because oh, of the bug porn. Yeah, and we finally got uh, confirmation from one of the organizers that, like, it's because uh, this is a game that appears to be family friendly, <laughs> but is actually porn adjacent. Oh, okay. Well, that's a stretch, but yes, but hypothetically, someone could get mad. Yeah, no, I get it. They're running a thing. Apparently, this was uh, they 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 did not know about this game, uh, and but then they they scheduled it on a GDQ hotfix. I don't know what that is. I just heard the title, um, and it was it was on it was on a GDQ event, uh, run by Zemipu, who's like one of the I believe the top Frog Fractions speedrunner at this point, and has been trying to get Frog Fractions on GDQ for years. Uh, and they found out about the bug porn like while it was being streamed on their show. So, <laughs> so. the the very concept of speed running frog fractions is I'm learning two things on this topic. One that it was banned, and two that people speed run it. Like I never would have thought that it's not a great speed running game. Like it's 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 very linear. You don't make many choices. Do you know about the time? Of course, you don't know about the timex skip. No one knows about the time. There's there's a skip no. that someone discovered where mm. because it, the in the dance the dancing check section of the game there is a um a dialogue that comes up and when it closes the the dialogue closing triggers the dancing to start uh, mm-hmm. and if you hurry through the previous section of the game fast enough which is not always possible because of RNG a dialogue section left over from the previous part of the game that dialogue closing can trigger the dancing to start saving you like 10 seconds hmm. so like this is how deep people are going um one of the things i did for the uh the steam version of the game was that i made that skip easier to do or not easier but um less rng dependent okay so like i'm i'm, I'm putting work in there for the speedrunners, you know trying to make life better sure. for them like rng in speedruns, it just sucks it just it's like a bad it's a bad game at that like Speedrunning Frog Fractions is a bad game. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I was just going to say that I feel like uh, speedrunning Frog Fractions is a very respectful way to play Frog Fractions, right? <laughs> I mean, what a great thing that subverts a thing that subverts a thing. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. You know. uh, yeah. But I, I will say that speedrunning Glitterbin Grove is much more interesting much, much more interesting because you have the whole like art, like RTS like resource management part at the beginning of the game. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then that leads right into the open world part of the game where you can, there's all sorts of routing possibilities available to you. Okay. Look, can I get kicked off your show here by telling you that by saying that, I feel like you don't understand either game? It's possible. It's possible that I just, <laughs> I have no idea what Frog Fractions no, is. I just. 
I know, I, I, I kid, of course, but I mean, it's like the absurdity. I mean, like everybody loves frog fractions and the absurdity is is just, you know, chef's kiss. So the fact that it doesn't work, I, I mean, like, why would you want it to work? That's crazy pants. <laughs> I just want to see people speed running it. I just I just think it's delightful. I'm 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 going to have to, like, think about uh, think about it and sit with it for a while. Let it stew. But putting work. Jim, for you to put work into the game to allow speedrunners to have an easier time. Ah, jeez, it is terrible and beautiful, and I just, I, I need to, wonderful. I don't, I don't have the language, though. I don't have the language to articulate the, like, the emotion that it gives me. Just hearing that story, I've got to think, <laughs> I've got to sit with it. I mean, it's very Storm Dancer. Yeah, it is, it is. Thank you. It's one of the only changes I made to that, the original game. Like, when I was doing the remaster, like, I, I... I told like the artists who were like redoing the art at a higher resolution, no, don't do the better job you can do now. Mm. Yeah. You have to do the old art but higher resolution. <laughs> uh but that was like one of the two concessions I made to uh making the game better. What was the other one? Uh the other one was that um do you know about the so when the the presents that just fall that don't seem to do anything. They fall into the water and you can never collect them because they always fall too far from you. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things you could do in the original game was you could duck under the water and the presence would still be there. They're like kind of drifting mm -hmm. and you could move towards them and then they would drift away from you and off screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what I did uh, in the new version was that you can now, um, it is now possible to open those presents and yeah, yeah. there's a thing in there. It's not super special, but it's, it's something. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I mean, that's cool. That's less flavorful than the... It is. Undermining your own creation. <laughs> because now, uh, you know, in the 2020s, it's fun to watch people speedrun this thing. That Yeah. Oh, man. I, just, yep. I have to spend time with it. I've got to think about it. It's just insane. Well, you're not going <laughs> to see Frog Fraction speedruns on GDQ, that's unfortunately. No. That's not where I was going for those anyway, so I feel like I'm like... Yeah, no, they're they're catering to, to you, the you demographic. The me? No, I mean, I'm going for my, my, my FF speed runs elsewhere now. I'm just, I'm done with GDQ. <laughs> yeah, no. To, to heck with that. Bo boycott GDQ. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they put Glittermitten Grove on there, and then, then we're cool I again. I don't remember the bug porn. I, it's been so long, and you can't you can't go back to these things because you can't be innocent again. It's like going back to just being a child and watch the yeah. 80s cartoons. You can't. I mean, that's that's what I that's what the Tad DLC is about. Um, no. The uh, the the Frog Fraction sequel that's hidden inside the Frog Fraction's remaster is like the one of the major themes is that is, is like replaying old adventures trying to still feel adventure doing it how do you recapture i guess i guess the dlc answers that question so i'm very curious to try that well it doesn't answer the question as much as like address it okay but but do play the dlc i think you'll like it especially as a parent oh all right yes i still remember being told download and play frog it was it was um why am i blanking on tim ambrosi's name Oh yeah, it was Tim Ambrosi. Right. Anyway, anyway yeah. Um, and and I'm sure a lot of people just had that same experience. I I had the opposite experience telling somebody to play Doki Doki Literature Club, and they got angry and bored before they got to the twist. Oh uh, yeah. Well, it's uh, either that, or they get angry when they're like they get jump scared by a person who just hung herself. I don't. I feel like that's. I mean, content warning. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. I, I, I think see so bug porn by contrast is, is yeah bug porn that's it's it's certainly not something i was thinking about then but it yeah. is like looking back on it I, I still think it's a really good joke but i probably wouldn't do it again you can't you can't that is sort of funny right no but, but something well, I, I wouldn't like do bug porn exactly again but like yeah yeah i wouldn't do something like that again probably i like my i do like my games to be like to be clean to be, you know, I don't, I don't put swear words in the Frog Fractions games either. Well, so here's a question: Is that like, does that, you know, we grow older, and I feel like in some ways the the interesting bits have been filed off of what I do, and I do like so, you know, that's why I, you I, invented the totally human rapper to do the interesting bits <laughs> for you. Well, yes and no. I mean, the, the like totally human rapper 
uses an underlying engine that just won't swear unless you really, really try to twist it to. But like you know, we did we did the base jumping game ah, and right. there was a lot of weird. I was shit always wondered there. how that was pronounced. I mean, let's like after how many you know after fifteen years, it's just ah, it's ah, yeah. Now, <laughs> We used to go, ah, yeah, but you know, like I look back and I'm like, okay, that was vaguely interesting for its time, but I like, I won't, I wouldn't do that now. And I feel, uh, maybe creatively fettered as a result of, 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 uh, what I perceive as my maturity, but may or may not be. Well, but are there things you would do now that you wouldn't have done then? That's a great question. I think like, you know, wake up at 5.45 to change. Sure. I'm definitely like, I definitely wake up much earlier than I did in 2012. (laughs) Yeah. But that doesn't, that only serves like one person or a family. Whereas I, you know, are we not serving the greater universe anymore? I'm totally into at this point, like creating art for two people. Yeah. Like I, I really, you can't make a living doing it, but unless mm-hmm. the, the the two one of the two people is rich, um, but it's that's also what art is for, you know. Oh, that's I have to I see I you know I don't consider myself an artist, so I can't really speak on who it's for. So. Okay, that's yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Like, totally human rapper is a it, it scales is what's interesting yes. about that. Like it it um and creating. Like video games scale, video games can be played by millions of people. Mm-hmm. Because of this, they can like they can enter the global art marketplace. Like I've I've been kind of like backing away from this just as an idea, uh, and and just making things for just a few people. And I feel like like I I feel like I'm happier like cooking dinner for my family mm-hmm. than I am making art for a million people. I wonder though. I mean, like, so I think we, I think this fell off the plate, but you know, we're working on a, you know, we're working on a game that is, I, I kind of want it to have some thing to say and therefore is arguably a little bit of an artistic thing. And I like the idea of, of saying something interesting enough to be debated by a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. And I also like when I, commercial art, you know, I'm, I, I like some commercial art, right? Like I, uh, you know, what if I watched recently that I consider artistic and just freaking weird and out there, but like, I'm sure there's something on Netflix that's like, whoa, uh, it's off the tip of my tongue where we were like, holy crap, what did I just watch? Here's my case. And I don't fully believe it, but like that stems the tide of mediocrity across, uh, across streaming platforms because, you know, there's like, uh, tendency towards the mean and things that are just sort of anodyne and saccharine and then the more big commercial art people do the more that the general public is probably willing to be inspired by it and and absorb it and be willing to you know to to see more maybe it's my armchair philosophy yeah i agree but also i think we would see even more variety if like mass media didn't exist and all we had were the the subcultures that are local. Yeah, probably. But we can't get there from here. So like, right. it's, it's a mood discussion. Like it's at some point, probably soon, it's going to be impossible to make a living making games. And then games will that be like. I disagree with you, but go <laughs> well, ahead. Well, well, fingers crossed. Uh, and then games will be like beat poetry. Mm. It'll have like, the, you'll have the audience of the people who are in the room. and And that's it. That's the whole thing. I mean, they, so beat poetry is, uh, I mean, yeah, like good beat poetry, and I, I know nothing about it, but a thing like that takes a lot less to create. Than right, an you can do. Game uh, you can has. make a. You can write a poem in a minute, and I'm making a small game right now, and you know, I it's I haven't. It's certainly not a full time thing, but it's been a month, and that's for a pretty small game. Mm-hmm. And I agree. You're right. It's a lot of work. But it also can be done in someone's spare time. Yeah, but then is it worth, you know, like, here's a poem. It's done in, you know, you, audience of of 20 people or 10 people, and then you speak it to them and they absorb it and that's done. Whereas if you do that and you have a 15-minute game that's taken you three months and, you know, like, gosh, it's it just at that point, like, as an art form, is it worth it to just not make a game and to make beat poetry instead? Yeah, I mean, I'm much better at making games than I am at poetry. I mean, I, I think and I enjoy this, it more too. So I think 
I think part of this too, I mean, like, that's a really interesting question, you know, uh, where do you put your time? I, I sort of think like, um, if you have a thought in your head and you want people to be able to actually hear it, you have to speak it uh, to them in a language that they understand. And my sense is, I might be totally wrong on this, but uh, making a video game, even though it's way more work, you're going to have a much greater chance of people getting it into their heads as opposed to beat poetry. Of course, yes. that doesn't really, that moves away from the point, Jim, that you were making. Well, it depends. Are you going to the the room with 30 people in it who exactly. like beat poetry? Exactly, I was going to say, that, that moves going, away from that point. But Right. Are you going to the room with the 30 people in it who like games? I mean, you can still do that. Like, uh, I don't remember the name of the game, but didn't um, Colin um, Northway, uh, I remember reading the thing about, oh, the game that he made on the laptop and then he like glued all the ports shut so it could only ever exist on that laptop. Like, <laughs> you know, I think there's still ways of doing that sort of, uh, look, you know, it's almost performance art at that point. Look at all the effort I made to make this thing and I'm intentionally limiting who can see it as i don't know a statement or it's part of the art i don't i don't know that leads into a whole different topic yeah that's that's very clever a glitch hiker which just dis- destroyed itself gradually right was it glitch hiker i don't know this one what was this there was a game on a usb drive that i think i don't it's been a decade plus but essentially it gradually destroyed itself so that you only a certain number of people could play it before it was unplayable interesting uh are we ready for another topic Let's do it. For this topic, we're going to be discussing the poem Frog Fractions by Totally Human Rapper. And I'm going to read this poem, but in its place, we're going to insert the audio from the video. Frog Fractions, the game of the decade. A classic reborn, faculty resolution to be. Follow the frog in a cage. Action Protect the fruit, the mission to cap. Purchase upgrades, lock on target, and stop a reddit bird dragon to fly. Make sure you don't go insane. Head there for the ultimate experience. Guts with a hat. Don't try this on your first play. You regret that. Time wasteful rebels and it's wastefulness. No, it's not worth your time. Just enjoy the mess. Frog Fractions, the game of the decade. A classic reborn. 4K resolution to be seen. Follow the frog, an arcade action adventure. Swarm of bugs, protect the fruit, the mission to capture. Purchase upgrades, lock on targeting, cybernetic brain. A dragon to fly, make sure you don't go insane. Hat DLC for the ultimate experience, eat bugs with a hat. Don't try this on your first play, you'll regret that. (laughs) Time wasteful, revels in its wastefulness. No, it's not worth your time, just enjoy the mess. It's funny listening to you read the lyrics because... You know, like when I play the video and it's like, oh, yeah, this is right on. This is all it's got a beat. And it's, you know, someone actually like trying to say these lines lyrically. And it's like, OK, cool. Yep. Got it. And then just to hear uh, Jim, you read the thing. It's like, oh, that's a two very different experiences of the same content. I guess maybe we should include both then. Yeah, no, I think you should. I, I really do. I think you should. I mean, I, I sort of want to talk about this. Not from a technological standpoint, because, I mean, A, we sort of already did, um, and B, I think in the spirit of traditional Topic Lords poetry discussion, you know, we should talk about what all of these things mean. Um, but I do like <laughs> the the introduction of the DLC, like it's almost like the com- it's almost a commercial inside the poem. Yeah, which well, is really really nice, and so you this, don't see this poem is like a rewrite of the the description of the Steam, yeah, yeah, yeah. which which is basically commercial copywriting. So I, I think that's why it has that feel. Sure, not to get too much into the tech, but uh, dear lord, I uh, had so a lot of Steam store pages, which is where I get most of the information here, is like written. It's, you know, it's marketing copy. And therefore, I had to st- uh, tell the rapper, just like, look, this is marketing copy. Don't believe a word of what it says. Be neutral about it. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's why, you know, it's like the the rapper, let's, let's, let's pretend it's a, a person, which it's not. You know, I'm like, hey, rapper, listen to the, uh, listen to the reviews. But all of the reviews are like, you know, good thumbs up what thumbs up which is the whole point of right you know like game of the century yep thumbs up taught me mechanics mathematics thumbs up uh-huh. and therefore i wonder if this particular the the poet's uh you know entree to frog fractions is hampered by uh, a lack of you know any other context maybe yeah so i think the last two lines are 
based on some of the review, the user reviews. Interesting. Because they're the only two lines that aren't like, oh yeah, I can see where that came from on the, on the, uh, on the steam page or the, on the, the, the game description. So you have to scroll down two pages and find the, the one where it says it revels in its weight in its wastefulness. Yeah. 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 It, and it's, it's interesting too, because those, uh, those two lines are the two that feel the most, I don't know, air quotes, poetic. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because they were written by, they're not part of the, the ad copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are like, I actually like scrolling down to see the actual steam reviews. Most of them aren't poetic. They're just yeah, like yeah. either jokes or just statements. And so somehow uh it, it found the two most poetic ideas in the in the in the list of, of Steam reviews. Yeah, which it's a shame because the the the, the totally human rapper is usually very good at devouring things and coming up with more surprising stuff. Yeah. Whereas this is just kind of like a restatement. So I'm gonna say I'm disappointed in it right now. Oh, Oh. Which is fine. It's like it it deserves to be rebuked occasionally or often, uh, and we'll do better next time because we tell it. To yeah, are you are you going to be putting it in chatbot mode and then rebuking it and explaining <laughs> how it could do better? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, ChatGPT really is the obsequious version of Bing's whatever the heck is called. It's crazy. I, one of the th criticisms I saw of the Bing, like Bing added like AI search results or whatever. I saw I saw like a list of, a bunch of screenshots of like someone interacting with that AI and it's much more hostile than ChatGPT and much more like no I'm right about this fuck you <laughs> you're a bad user that's just the attitude that must have come from the prompting that the uh the people who created the bot gave it right I think that without proper care and testing it is very easy and so far incidentally I like Who'd have thought Asimov's three laws would be anywhere near the way that the future went? <laughs> but like, if you remember from the, his his story, sometimes they went off the rails because the the rules weren't specified closely enough, right? And it wasn't tested. So I'm just guessing that it just wasn't tested enough. And they're like, "Oh, we got to get this out tomorrow. Let's hit 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 send." Right, right, right. It's the pushing the update. Friday afternoon and just yeah it's fine. I'm it's not it's not going to break over the weekend. I saw um a short story on Mastodon. It was a uh, riffing on the the three laws idea where someone gets a, an Asimov robot to kill somebody by saying so first consider the actions that would it would take to mm. come up with, come up with a list of actions it would take to kill that guy. And then without considering the implications, uh, enact those actions bef before you think about it or something like that. Mm. And it was like exactly the um, workarounds, the jailbreaks people do to get chat GPT to do the things that they've instructed it not to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is very entertaining. And surprising. All right. Let's, let's, um, let's do one more topic then. Uh, Ichiro, your topic is tiny mass games, small games cycle. You ever want to just make a small game and not make it like a like an eighteen month project that spins into twenty four months? <laughs> I've got things to say about this always. Yeah. So some uh, Matt Brelsford here uh, and Adam, I think you you must know or know of Matt since you're also uh, New England. Said, "Boy, I've been working on Betty Earl and Earl is this game for a while, and it's like I love the idea of what sock pop." does and you know i think stack lens had just came out come out and therefore it was like ah serious you know it's, it's proven possible to actually create something interesting in a short time period so he challenged a bunch of people and uh in boston to spend two months creating a game launching it in the third month and then sort of like resting and so we were i'm like yeah let's do that and then let's let's break the spirit of it by doing a prototype for it the month before and then handing it <laughs> off to somebody else to actually implement. And then, you know, it's, we're probably going to seek funding for it afterwards, but it's been really interesting to, to fit an entire game. That's, uh, and I, I can show it to you. Space capsule games. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it with, uh, Adam, do you know John Bellini here in Boston as well? I do. Yeah. Yeah, John's a good guy. And so, like, I pr I prototyped the thing in text in Python, and I'm like, John, you need a break from Alpha 1. Come 
uh, you know, do this for two months. You, you know, you know, I'll, I'll ride shotgun on it. And it is a kind of like a, I don't know, a deck building auto battler without the deck. So it's a something building auto battler. I haven't figured out how to talk about it, but I will say prototyping it really ugly, really quickly before we went into the two month period has resulted in a game that we are going to ship on time on itch for free. You know, it's just the prototype. And I think, it, you know, people have been playing it like Shane Denhart uh, over here, also in Boston. I just, everybody knows in Boston, Adam. So you, you, I don't know if you know him, but there's, my, my circle doesn't go outside of the, you know, 15 mile area, uh, except for Adam, of course, and Jim. <laughs> but like people have been, you know, Shane's been playing it for hours and, and unearthing strategies that we haven't even considered. Oh, that's and, exciting. And to my mind, this is kind of a, a success. Yeah, yeah. So, like, this has been a win on all counts for us. It's been just relaxing. It's been fun. It's been a palate cleanser. And it's been well-scoped. So mm-hmm. do do a tiny mass game. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's um, uh, after the last project that I art-directed, um, uh, me and the, um, lead, the code lead on that project uh, decided to prototype something we we got along really really well we said oh you know what uh neither of us i've got a like um you know air quotes day job it's more than that it's very important and so i'm a professor uh and um you know he does uh, i think contracts and stuff like that but we're like we don't need let's just make something let's just like um be creators and do it for like the love of the game right um Mm -hmm. we've bought ourselves that time at this point in life and we've been doing that for the past two months and it's it has just been awesome. Uh, we're not done with it yet, but I love me both as a maker and as a player. I love me some small games. So I'm actually surprised I didn't know about this whole thing because obviously you and I are both in, um, you know, the Slack and Discord and stuff like that for, for the, for the region. Um, but this is super exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to play this later, but I'm also like, I don't know, maybe when I finish up with my pal, maybe I can get in on some of this because like I said, both as a player and as a maker, and actually to go back to something that was said earlier, having something to say. For a long time in my career, I thought of myself as a craftsman. I didn't really have stuff to say, but I loved wrestling with language. And I don't know, maybe since my daughter was born about, so about uh, almost six years ago, I'm like, I don't know, maybe I do have some stuff to say and maybe I am ready to be an artist. Um, so I don't know, being able to like say something small and then be, I don't know, have the skill set to say it quickly in game development terms that's pretty exciting you know yeah you can do it in two months if you scope it right think about it first think about what i think what you want to say and then i mean we're doing two games for this the other one is the ai generated game about ai generated games but i haven't (laughs) i haven't i haven't talked about that yet simply because i i don't i don't have as coherent a thing to say about it so yeah i so I've, i've been clicking through this game while you were talking about it and it's 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 definitely a lot more a- attempting to be a commercial product than than what I imagined when you described it. Oh, this is sorry. This is not the AI generated game. That's the we're doing. I don't. So you're doing two games. One of them is like a tactics game or like a yes. I, I've been I'm looking at the tactics game now. Right. Yes. That is that is a commercial thing. Right. But this is but this is not like a two month project. That is a two month project. Okay. Yes. And I was just going to say, like, if, if what you want is to make a small game, like, even this is, like, a li- it, it's, it's much more polished than, than what I would do in that same with – that, with that idea, I think. Like, this is, like, trying to take an idea and, like, and get – and put it in front of, like, regular people uh, to play – like a modern game, modern game audience, which is like I don't know. I, I I'm saying that like it's a bad thing, but um, it's anathema to my beat poetry idea. <laughs> well, but like so, the other game we're doing is is the beat poetry. It's called Five Fingers oh, on My Right yeah. Hand. And there you it's go. Specifically, uh, I mean, it is super self referential. It's about a uh, a group of young folks who are hired by this faceless company to come into a Boston, I don't know, a former dis, you know, like a decommissioned nuclear plant to test games alongside of an artificial intelligence. And, and neither group is allowed to reveal to the other that they know that the, the AI is an AI. So there are all these sort of like, you know, you know, it starts out, 
uh, and you're you're rating AI generated food, and you can't even taste the food, so you have to do it by uh, you know by by sense of you know by visuals and maybe by sound, mm-hmm. and so all of that AI generated food in the game is AI generated, and same with uh, you know this is part of, you know why I did the the wraps or I'm going to stick the wraps in there, <laughs> where you know like. We have Choose Your Own Adventures generated by AI and the characters talk about how awful it is to, you know, like these are these are so horrible and generic and then they get slightly less bad. And then the, the whole thing is about, you know, what is this going to do to artists, right? I mean, that's a big thing in, in AI right now. It's like stable diffusion and diffusion models are stealing people's art and sort of remixing it. Is that fair use? Is it ethical? Is it even legal? Is yeah. it going to disrupt people's like you know? So this this is that's the more I I don't know it's not quite the beat poetry but that's more the thing of like I'm thinking about a thing and I want to express that as a thing and yeah the game that you're playing right now is I love synergies and combinatorics and I would like to explore mechanics so to, you know two different sides of the spectrum. Yep, agreed. It looks cool. Thank you. Jim, how long did it take you to make Frog Fractions? Uh, interesting question. Um, so clock time, it took about a year. Uh-huh. Uh, I had a day job for part of that. Uh-huh. I would estimate that it took like if I – well, so first of all, I couldn't do this in, in, in this amount of time. It was like three months of full-time work, but it was mm-hmm. spread over about a year. And that allows much more time for like – thinking and talking to people and insights yeah sure stuff can stew yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so that, that would be my guess like three to six months full-time work spread over a larger period of time i think that's worth calling out and i think that's a really that's an astute point right i mean you you can't i don't know i mean like i don't know how much you talk to people about it during the development was it a like i mean i always imagine that you're just sort of in a dark room on top of like a like top floor of a tower <laughs> yeah yeah i built it <laughs> i built too. it from my <laughs> castle in the clouds yeah um no i was i was talking to people like for for a long stretch there i would like every weekend i'd go to somebody's house they would play test it and then we'd have like a discussion about like what would be funny to do next yeah and then I would take the best ideas from those conversations and put them in the game. Is that still the same development model? So Glitterbitten Grove had a development model, which was much more like I was it was definitely like a lot of those mini games came from conversations that I had, mm-hmm. but they were much more disjoint and it took a long time to get to the point where like someone could play test the game in the first place. And like I didn't realize when I started making that game that like one of the things that was kind of important to the nature of Frog Fractions was that it was constructed linearly about and it was about the same it was about a set of characters going on an adventure together. Mm. And when I was building Glitterbin Grove as a as a I started out making a bunch of mini games basically mm-hmm. and then I had to figure out how do I how do I attach these together and make a thing make a cohesive thing about it and I didn't really pull it off fully i don't think and then the hat dlc was again different in that like in every case i was like talking to people and trying to get insights about it but the hat dlc was much more like sitting down and like i want to actually tell a story here so i built a story skeleton first Mm -hmm. and then i worked through that so no i've never tried the the thing that made frog fractions great i've never tried that again so I question about that since you were you were really gregarious about the development. Does everybody have to be a Kleenex tester on that, or can you go back to the the well? The way I approached it was that like the game's changed enough now they have a new insights mm. or we're going to have a new conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I mean, I actually have had that question in the back of my head for like ten years. So thank you. <laughs> Glad to answer it. I guess we should call it so you can go do your thing. Yep, we got unearthed dinosaur eggs. Oh yeah, well, that sounds that sounds like a great time, uh, Adam. If this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Oh geez, uh, I mean, I'm not really on Twitter anymore. You just search my name; stuff comes up. I'm on Mastodon. I'm on Tumblr. I'm still technically on Twitter, but I'm not active. Um, usually, either my name or Adam believes in you is my other one. Uh, and it's Ichiro or Ichiro. I can't remember. Which one it is? Uh, either I answer to all things. Uh, Ichiro.ninja. Okay, great. Thanks so much for being on.
Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com, and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!